Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the women with a deep inner world. I am your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. We want to thank each and every person who's tuned in today. We are so glad to have you with us, wherever this episode might find you. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated this week, and finishing off with our rose something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? Well, thankfully I don't have a particularly glaring thorn, at least not for myself. I feel like when I'm trying to think of something, it ends up being, oh, well, you know, my shoulders feel tight (laughs) or something like I'm looking forward to my massage tomorrow. (laughs) Um, but yeah, well, unfortunately my, my husband had a little bit of a sick spell a few days ago. Um, so that was just sad to watch him go through that. I think he got some kind of stomach bug or Mm. I don't think it was food poisoning because we both were eating the same food. Um, and I didn't get sick, but it just kind of had to get through it. And so I was just, I was kind of, trying to play nurse as best I could and mm. tend to him. So he definitely had a thorny weekend, but I feel like, uh, yeah, I've been doing, doing all right. Um, and then I guess my, my rose would be, um, in addition, just the, the beautiful cool mornings that we still get, even though it's like 90 in the middle of the day, I like those <laughs> cool, cool morning walks or whispers of the autumn just around the corner. Mm. And then like here at the end of summer, um, we finally got our big box of peaches. We usually buy a box of Colorado peaches every oh. year. And so we, um, we get ours a little bit later in the season. We typically buy them from a place that gets them, um, like early September. So we're super excited to finally have a bunch of fresh peaches. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Well, my thorn this week, uh, I also didn't have like a a huge thorny thing. So this is kind of just a a lighter thorn, but I finished a book that I really, really enjoyed. And now I'm sad. It's always sad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just feels you go through this weird little depression Mm -hmm. where you're like, I don't, I don't want to read anything else if it's not that book, you know? Um, And then you get over it as you find another book that you fall in love with. And then the cycle just continues. You can't start another one too soon, right? You kind of have to dwell Mm. in that. Like you have to accept that it's done. Yeah. You can't move on too quickly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But my rose was that we had a beach day. My husband and I had a beach day. Um, So we started off the day with these. there are like these little shops in LA called, a lot of them are just called donut. <laughs> and, um, 
And so of course, yes, they have donuts, but they also have, you know, iced coffee. A lot of them have boba, which is really fun. Um, but we got a couple of iced coffees and then they make these really good breakfast sandwiches. And so we got a couple of breakfast sandwiches at donut <laughs> and <laughs> we made the, oh my goodness, it was probably like an hour drive, but we made the hour drive to the beach. Finally, we hadn't been yet since we um, moved back here and we chose a speech that was pretty quiet, which is super nice. Um, so we drove just a little bit far further out of the the fray to get like kind of the nicer, quieter beach. And there were all these gorgeous rock formations on the beach and just, it made for some of the most beautiful pictures. And it was just a great, um, relaxing way to spend an afternoon. So that was my rose. That's lovely. All right. So just a couple of things before we move, we move on to our letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which it actually covers a subject that is similar to my thorn this week, which is finding the right book for you. Dear Wallflower, I've always enjoyed reading, but lately I've been struggling to find a book I really love. I used to be such a bookworm, but as the last few years of my life have been filled with reading for school, I've lost some of that love for reading I used to have. Not to mention, anytime I start perusing a bookstore or the internet for a new book, I start to get really overwhelmed with all the choices and never end up choosing anything. You both sound like you love reading and do a lot of it. How can I get back into reading and feel less anxiety over choosing my next read? Sincerely, a former bookworm. Jessica, what are your thoughts for our bookworm? Well, I hope that she can soon drop the former. <laughs> and feel confident calling herself a bookworm um, fully. Um, I, I completely identify with this. I, having been in school basically since kindergarten, <laughs> I definitely identify with feeling like, oh, all these things I have to read. And then um, I think it's funny how sometimes that can press us to really embrace when we have an opportunity to read just what we want to. But on the other hand, like our readers or our writers experiencing, and I definitely have experienced too, it can push us away from books or at least just make us feel like, I don't even know like what I, what yeah. I would enjoy reading. And so I completely understand. I have been there. I feel the pain and I'm hoping to, to give some, um, to press some practical tips to get her started. Um, yeah. And just, again, I feel like sometimes there are seasons where it's easier to find yourself diving into fiction. So for, or maybe she's not even thinking fiction, but I just, I'm imagining in my head that she probably means <laughs> fiction. Probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I think like when I would get to Christmas break or to summer break, I would, I would think, oh, there's this thing I'm like, I'm waiting. It's queued up in my mind. I want to read this book when I'm, you know, available. And then you can maybe just dive into that book. But uh, it sounds like she's finding even the difficulty of starting that process um, to, to find something to dive into. So 
I would say start with, um, if you have a mental bucket list or have had one in the past, see if you can kind of dig back up. What, what were some of those books that over time you thought, I would love to read that someday. And it may be that you've forgotten a title that someone recommended to you. And that's, that's certainly okay. But, um, I think there are some of us that maybe at least imagine, oh, someday down the road, like maybe there's that, that classic novel that I would love to have checked off. And maybe you're just waiting for someday and like, why not let that be today? You know, if, if there's a particular reason that you're waiting for, for someday down the road, maybe, maybe give it a try now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I feel like when in doubt, start with the classics, you know, they're, they're classic for a reason. There have been many people loving these stories over time. They have themes that are consistent to, you know, the human plight. They speak to us over and over throughout different, you know, times and, and changes of, you know, what's going on in, in humanity's history. So I would definitely recommend the classics for sure. Um, I'd say you can also try searching, you know, one of your favorite books that you've read recently and see if there are similar or related titles. If you want something kind of a, of a familiar mm-hmm. sort, but then on the other hand, if you're kind of wanting to try something different, then maybe just branch out and and select a genre that you haven't even read before. Mm-hmm. Um, another surefire thing I would say is to ask for recommendations from those whose quote, like book taste you trust. So maybe there's a friend who has recommended things in the past that you've really enjoyed. And maybe you just say, Hey, what are you reading lately? Or -hmm. what has been one of your favorite reads in the last, I don't know, five years or something and, (laughs) and see if you find something that way. One particular thing I would say is don't be scared by length of book. I don't know about our bookworm if she's already conquered some pretty long books or she tends to like them shorter. Um, I used to be afraid of reading long books. I think I've probably mentioned that a couple times on this podcast, <laughs> but I have fallen in love with long books. And the way that I like to describe it to people is if you love to get to know characters and you wish you, you had more of a story, that's what you got. It's just, you know, it's just a longer path of development. Um, you can even just think of it as having five different books in a series that just happen to be in one volume in your hand. And so there's not a pressure, you know, to finish it in a certain amount of time. Um, obviously if you have a library due date, then maybe you have to renew it <laughs> or just purchase it. But, um, I feel like I, I would just urge anyone not to be afraid to try a book just because it's long, because once you get into it, then you're sucked in and you might really just find you that you're capable and really mm-hmm. enjoy having conquered a long book. Um, overall, I would just say, just choose something, you know, to start with <laughs> and give it a try. You you don't have to finish it. I know I'm that person that I tried picking up The Hobbit in probably fifth or sixth grade. And I felt oh. like I had to read every preface, every, you know, editors or compilers like preface and and introduction etc and I just thought I can't even get to the story and that's (laughs) that's an extreme example of like the silliness of a a child that I was but I would just say if you even get in a few pages and it's not doing much for you or even if you get halfway through and you're not feeling satisfied for some reason you don't Mm -hmm. have to finish it you can just feel free to put it down give yourself 
that permission. That's a great tip. Yeah. I, I, I say that as someone who definitely also feels that that similar, like, uh, well, I have to finish it now. I've invested too much. Mm. And I even feel like there can be times where we think we ought to enjoy something and we're, it's not really clicking with us yet. Um, yeah. An example for me is I, I love books by George Eliot. So Middle March would definitely be my favorite, but I've also really enjoyed Daniel Deronda and Silas Marner. Um, I wanted to try reading Adam Beatty recently and a friend of mine even said, oh, I think you're going to love it. And so mm. I was feeling encouraged and I picked up a copy from the library and I had gotten, I don't know, maybe 20 pages in or so. And it just, it just didn't latch on yet. And it doesn't yeah. mean I'll never read it, but I feel like I have learned over time that f- for every book there e- is a season. Yeah. You know, I use, even with nonfiction books, I would tell myself, ah, oh, I can't believe I haven't read such and such yet. You know, people keep talking about how great of a book it is and I just haven't gotten around to it. And like, you know, don't beat yourself up. I, I feel like I, whenever I've gotten around to reading those particular books, the time when I did read them is just when I needed them, whether that's mm-hmm. fiction or nonfiction. So I'd say don't stress, um, give, give the book a chance to speak to you. And if it doesn't, give another book a chance to speak to you. There you go. Yeah. And I think that they will, I think books, books do that. Um, and that, that leads into my, my next, um, point, which is if not now, maybe someday, you know, so you may revisit something and you may not, but again, don't, don't stress out about it. And lastly, I'd say, don't be afraid to reread old favorites. You know, he doesn't always have to be something new. I have read Jane Eyre at least twice and I, wow. I, I love it. And I would definitely read it again down the road. I will certainly read Middle March again, but I think I'll probably take more space from it. It would be fun to have more distance and then kind of rediscover the characters again. I just mm-hmm. feel like if, if, if a book is, is, is really worth reading, it's worth reading twice. Who was Even- it that said that? That's a great point. I was thinking as I was saying that, I'm like, this is a quote. This is not me. I that can't say. sounds like Chesterton it's or It's probably something. Chesterton. I was thinking that. It's got to be him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a great point. One last thing I would say, too, just thinking about what our, our writer said in her letter is the idea of being overwhelmed, especially with looking at options online. Maybe limit yourself by going physically to a library or a used bookstore where you can take the books into your hands. You can actually look through the pages. I mean, I know on Amazon and places you can do the, you know, view the inside and kind of scroll through some of the Kindle pages and whatnot. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's so like kind to our bodies and our emotions, our, our brains, even, you know, to, to have that tactile sensation. And I think it kind of wards off at least to some extent that overwhelm by giving you a chance to potentially sit down with a book or a few and you are limited by what's in that vicinity as opposed to every possible thing and linked, you know, everything that's linked on the internet. So yeah, maybe try, try hopping into a library. I do hope that um, you find something that you enjoy and fall in love with soon. What do you have to say, Kelia? Well, First, I'll say that I completely understand this uh, predicament. Similarly, I am also in school right now. And so I'm doing a lot of not fun reading. (laughs) Um, And so that has made it so that a couple of times 
um, since I've started, I have felt kind of that, uh, reading rut where I'm just like, I'm just too tired even to read for fun. I, Mm. I don't want to read anything right now. Um, which is so sad to me because I love reading. Um, and another issue that I've run into multiple times is, and I already said this earlier, but when I finish a book that I really loved, it's really hard for me. I I get so sad and I just feel like, well, it's, what am I supposed to do with myself now? (laughs) I usually go look for the film version. I'm like, I have to dwell in the story longer. (laughs) That's a great tip. I should try that. (laughs) Not that you have to, but it's it's my way of coping. I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's how I cope. (laughs) Yeah. That's totally understandable. Um, and so I think, you know, there are a lot of problems that are, that are, uh, probably going into where a writer has found herself. And, you know, one problem, a lot of times that we run into when we're trying to find a a new book to really love is there's not anything exactly like what I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. you know, being a little too, um, too maybe opinionated or, or not willing to kind of be, be open-minded to other things that, okay, I didn't think about reading a book that was set in Italy, but this sounds mm-hmm. really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the other one is just, as she highlighted, there are so many options out there. There are so many books to look through. And so it's easy to get really overwhelmed. So um, here are a couple of thoughts that I have. Um, one thing that I do pretty regularly with my husband, it's actually part of our, it's one of the rhythms that we have for a date night that um, sometimes we will grab a couple of coffees and then we'll go to a bookstore, whether it's a used bookstore or Barnes and Noble or um, independent bookstore, whatever is, you know, close by. And we will literally spend an hour or two um, just walking around and looking at different things and picking something up. If it, if it just seems to call to call our name, you know, um, you know, there is a lot of judging the books by the covers, but I think that's kind of a normal thing where it's like, Hey, this looks like it is something that I would enjoy. So I would say, allow yourself to be drawn in by a cover that you think for some reason, um, tells you something about the book that you think you will enjoy this. There are certain book covers that always draw me in. Um, So we look around and we take pictures of all the books that looked interesting to us because this also takes the pressure off that like, well, I have to go and buy something like right now. I have to find the book that I'm going to read right now. No, we take pictures. I have so many pictures of, of random books on my phone. And then I do research on them later when I have a little bit of extra time to really read about what they are about, read reviews about them. Um, and I just do my research later on. And uh, another fun thing is, you know, as we're walking around, we discuss all the different books. So did you see this one? Did you see that one? This one looks like a fun one. Um, we walk down every aisle and we really just take our time. And this is no pressure. And I think that's that's what makes it fun is there's no pressure to find a book this time. Maybe you'll find four books that you want to read. Maybe you won't find anything that you want to read. Um, I promise you eventually though, if you kind of make this a habit, eventually you will find something after enough times. You will find something that you go, this is the next book for me. 
Um, another suggestion I have, this is just a, <laughs> a shameless uh, plug of Wallflower. There are so many book lists that um, over the, I think, year and a half or something that I've been doing Wallflower that I have put together for every single genre, practically. Um, I've also had so many contributors suggest books um, that I've never read, but they are, you know, my, my, I trust my contributors to have really amazing taste. And so they'll send in their book lists. And I also recently started something where I actually have the readers of Wallflower tell me the last book that they really loved. And so I'll compile those lists. And so there, you just have so many book lists. So I just, um, suggest you go ahead and check those out. Uh, and sometimes what's necessary for me to, find my next read is I literally just spend hours like on Amazon or something. Cause that's typically where you'll find like a lot of just books everywhere. If you're really looking to just see everything, you know, that's available or click through to, you know, readers also bought this readers also bought that. And then you can do your research and either, you know, buy it from there or buy it from a, um, an independent bookstore, however you like to get your books. Um, but I just, I enjoy looking at what other people who have similar taste to me also ended up enjoying. And so I'll just spend like hours doing this, just looking for the right book. And eventually I find a treasure. And that's a, how a lot of times I've found um, the books that I really, really, really loved. Um, and sometimes this is a, an interesting thing. So I, uh, anyone who's on TikTok, there's this a kind of area of TikTok called book talk, where a lot of people will recommend books and all that. And, um, a lot of times those books are super, super, super popular books. And what I have found is honestly, a lot of times when I try to dive into these like highly popular books that everyone is reading, I normally end up not really caring for them. And so I would suggest not really letting yourself get too swayed by uh, what it seems like everyone is reading mm -hmm. and um, also not allowing yourself to get swayed by, you know, I, I, I do think starting with the classics as Jessica recommended is a great place to start. However, just because something is a classic does not mean you're going to like it. <laughs> There are many classics, you know, that I've tried that some of them I ended up loving others. I, I went, I don't know why people like this. <laughs> so don't feel pressure to like something just because it's a classic. You might end up finding, finding something you really love and you might just find something that you would rather pass on. Um, a lot of times what I have found is the books that ended up really being a treasure to me were the books that I hadn't heard anyone talk about and didn't have many reviews. And, you know, sometimes I, I would just find like a random book at an old bookstore, just like Googling, you know, through Amazon or something, just a, a random book that I had never heard of, maybe had 10 reviews. And it just seemed like something fun to me. And I ended up just deciding to try it. And it ended up being a really, you know, some, some of the books that I loved the most. Um, another thought that I have, and this, this works mostly if our, um, if our reader has someone in her life that also really loves to read, 
Uh, so my husband and I, a lot of times will pick up a book at the same time and read it together, which is mm. so fun to me. Like each read it silently as opposed to like, yeah, aloud. yeah, yeah. No, we read it silently. And, um, you know, and so then the next day we'll go like, did you get this part in the book? And, oh, what, what was the last thing that happened for you? And, <laughs> and, you know, we'll talk about all the things that are, that are happening in the book. And it's really fun to do this specifically with mysteries just because you can theorize and um share share theories with each other which is super fun but so if she has someone in her life if she has uh you know a husband a boyfriend a friend a mom that loves to read she can do that with them um i you know i think part of sometimes what can be hard with reading is it can feel very um lonely and so if our if our uh bookworm here would love to, you know, have a little bit more interaction when, when she's reading. I think that's a great way to do that. Um, but ultimately I think reading fiction should be fun, you know? So I think allow yourself to have these standards of, you know, I really don't like that kind of story. I'm just not going to bother with it. Or, asking yourself, you know, am I having fun right now? Do I enjoy this book? And similar to, similarly to what Jessica said, if you don't like a book, don't force yourself to finish it. Like I've made that mistake too many times where I go, well, I've invested way too much time. I just have to finish this and force myself to finish it. And then I regret all the time that I spent on this book that I could have been finding a different book and, and investing in another book. Um, so just ask yourself if you're having fun. And if you're not, don't finish it. And if you are, there you go. So I'm just going to run through um, a few books that I felt helped to get me out of reading ruts over the last couple of years, I would say. Um, so this is our bonus suggestion round. Um, so Anne of Green Gables. I just think that there's no going wrong with this story. It's a classic. Um, I love Anne, the character of Anne. She's this, you know, kind of fiery and passionate orphan who ends up in this small town um, being taken care of uh, by, by these, you know, kind of um, interesting people. And the town is just, you, you just want to live there, you know, um, it's heartening. It's, it's lovely. There are so many of them as well beyond just the first one, if you, you know, end up really loving it. Um, let's see. I also, another one that got me out of a reading rut was the Gemma Monroe mystery series. I've definitely mentioned it on this podcast before, but you know, if, if you enjoy mystery, you're going to love this one. It's just so much fun. The first one is, um, she starts out, so she's a detective and, um, she's like, I think six months pregnant in the very first one. And so it's this very like interesting, you know, she's so vulnerable and yet she's going out there and trying to solve these, um, these crimes. And I, I will say though, you know, it, it, there is a little bit of heavy stuff in this one. So just, you know, just be thoughtful about if you decide to get involved in that one. Um, another one that I really enjoyed over the last few years, I think I also suggested this one, but I'm just going to mention it. It's called Midnight Library. Again, also kind of heavy themes. So, you know, just be wary about um, picking this one up. Just know what it is, uh, what it involves going into it. But basically this um, this book is about a woman that um, she, you know, 
decides that she wants to end her life. And when she tries to do that, she ends up in this library where every single book is a different life that she could have lived. And she learns a lot of lessons in this library. And it was a really beautiful book to me. Um, I, I'm just going to go ahead and mention Agatha Christie. She's just so much fun to read. She's just the queen of mystery. Um, specifically, her Poirot books are just the most fun to me. If if I'm really looking for just something to kind of cleanse my palate, get a little bit back into reading and start having fun again, I think that's a really um, great place to go. So I hope that our uh, bookworm can find a fun a fun next read. And anyone else listening who might have a similar issue can also dive back into reading for fun. All right. So it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you things that we've been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what's your suggestion? Well, surprise, surprise, I'm going to recommend a book. Nice. Um, I will recommend Silas Marner by George Eliot. So I mentioned I really enjoyed George Eliot's writings. And this is probably the shortest of her novels. So if our um, any of our listeners are curious to check out any of George Eliot's writings, this might be a good place to start. Um, it's probably less than 150 pages, whereas uh, Daniel Deronda is probably more than 700 and Millamarch is easily <laughs> more than 800, depending on the typesetting, et cetera. But all of them are so worthy of being read. They're so wonderful and also different too. Like, um, I would say if you're, if you're looking for a heroine, like focus and a story, like Middlemarch is definitely the way to go, but don't be like led astray by thinking, oh, I have to have a book that has a heroine in the focus. So I won't read Silas Barner. I won't read Daniel Durando. Cause I, I feel like the, the way that these, these novels are written is there's so much character development mm-hmm. of a variety of characters. So while you still might be seeing predominantly through the eyes of um, maybe a male character. Um, it's also very fascinating to see how a woman, a female author, writes a male. Or how, mm. and it's, and she, she's still she's still the omniscient narrator, so she's talking about them and not, you know, it's not the first person um, perspective. But I just I love her writing. It's just it's so core to like the human, um, the human plight. She just has a way mm. of wording things that make you say you you nailed it. You you see me, you got this really, really deep aspect of human existence into a sentence. And I don't understand how that's possible, mm. but it is beautiful. And I feel known. Um, so that's wow. why I love George Eliot. So please go read Silas Marner or any of her other works. And uh, yeah, that hopefully that could be something that our listeners enjoy. Incredible. That is quite the glowing review. So <laughs> everyone go check out something by George Eliot. <laughs> Well, my suggestion, because I already gave a few books, um, I'm going to, I'm going to do something other than a book. So I'm going to suggest this week, a leave-in conditioner from a brand called, I think you say it Miel. I'm not entirely sure how you say it. Um, but it, it smells really nice. It smells, you know, a little bit kind of, um, floral. It's, I think it's the white peony one and it's sulfate sulfate free color safe all the all the great things there's no bad things in meal products which is nice um but it just leaves my hair feeling so soft and um you know if you've been struggling a little bit with feeling like you're 
frizzy or kind of dried out, I would suggest go ahead and try this leaving conditioner. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners who have been around for a while may recall the business that I started back in the spring, Eden and Me. Um, I am now writing a weekly blog post there at edenandme.com. And then listeners can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.